Harry Simons called. Okay, Melonhead, come on out of there. This ain't a friggin' zoo. Some of us got work to accomplish. Harry was a large, strong man. His face shot through with the lines of age and work and living, but his voice had a small whisper of fear in it, as if his gut was telling him something that his head was denying. His head was telling him that Halloween was a long way off, but that some people would do anything for a laugh, and his gut was telling him that whoever was idiot enough to go running around dressed like that might also be idiot enough to carry the act a little further. Harry Simons liked his job in emulsion coating at Kodak Park. He liked the constant comforting hum of the big shiny beige-coloured machines. He liked the machines themselves. They were, he'd once told his wife, like, you know, symbols of industry, which he thought was a good and true and simple observation. And he didn't mind the hours of aloneness here, because the big beige coating machines very nearly ran themselves. It had taken a while to get used to, sure, several years in fact, but he had grown used to it. He'd grown to prize it. Just him, Harry Simons, and the low, constant hum of the big beige-coloured machines. "'I'm gonna call security you don't come out of there real quick, bozo!' He shouted into the midst of the machines. He knew it was an empty threat. This was his section, and no way was he going to let those numbheads from security down here. He'd take care of this clown himself. I mean it, bozo. You don't show yourself, you're going to get hauled out of here by your butt. Again, he heard the whisper of fear in his voice. Louder now. He supposed it was because the low, hard, growling noise this creep was making was so damned real. And you can cut that out too, Harry called. What do you think this is, a friggin'? He stopped, thought that if he started repeating himself it would tell this clown he was scared, almost scared, getting scared. Harry wished suddenly that the light were better. For years he'd enjoyed the dull yellow light that the recessed lighting fixtures in the high ceilings provided. He liked the way it bounced off the rounded, polished corners of the machines, as if highlighting them while everything else, the grey tile floor, the blue cement walls, seemed to soak it up. Stop that, he shouted, because the growling noise had grown suddenly louder, harsher, closer and Harry heard something in it that made his stomach turn over and his head spin. He heard need in it. He heard desperation in it. He heard murder in it. So he turned. He didn't know if he was turning toward or away from the creature he'd seen only briefly, like some particle of dust darting across the surface of his eye. Too quick, he reasoned too damned quick to really have seen what he thought he'd seen. The long, luxuriant reddish fur, the wide black nose, the small, malicious brown eyes, the mouth that glittered with a hundred wonderfully pointed canines. Damn, it had looked so, so new, Harry thought. He turned and started moving quickly toward his small steel desk at the south end of the huge room. He called matter-of-factly, as if deciding on the spur of the moment that this particular game had gone far enough. Well, by Jesus, I'm getting my freaking gun!
which also was a lie. He had no gun. Guns were not allowed in Kodak Park without authorization, and poor Harry Simons had never been authorized. He got halfway to his desk before much of his stomach was ripped away and he fell in awe and pain and self-pity to the grey tile floor.